0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Thanks for Chad Moyer filling in for me the last couple of days. My daughter home from her international travel, so it's nice to be able to spend a little bit of time with her. So thank you so much, Chad. Having said that, unfortunately I came back and you all probably want me to leave. After the way we saw the markets trade today, describe it as pain. Um, on the livestock side, at least the live cattle in the nearby couple of months were able to pull to the positive, but it was a struggle bus for the rest of them as well. We got a wheat tour that's going on, which is not bringing good news, which many of us anticipated, but we're going to talk and kick it all off as Arlen Suderman joins us with Stone X about the liquidation that's been going on this trade today. And really, you did describe it well when you described it as pain as we look at this.
1: Yeah, I really did. I had an interview earlier today and and the response was, uh, what do you tell a farmer who calls you up and says, I haven't sold and I I need to sell some more and what's the market going to do? And I said, grab some Alka-Seltzer. This is kind of painful, um, what we're seeing here. It's the new world that we live in with the markets and one reason we've been pushing so hard to have a plan in place to protect that uh, equity in the operation, don't get greedy. We're on the backside of a period of years where waiting paid off. And unfortunately, when we go and we exit from those moves, it tends to go through a painful stretch because we have been trained to wait and those who wait will be rewarded. But in this case, once we exit those ty- those cycles, the one who waits pays the highest price, so to speak. And so it is painful now. I, I, gave a speak, I did a speaking engagement with a group of Brazil farmers late last week, and uh, the brokers who are hosting it told me that, because uh, I was doing it virtually, that um, I, I really scared the farmers down there. And they were, because they have not sold a lot of their corn and soybeans for this year, and because they were bol- bullish. Um, but uh, now they're scared, and so they sell on the U.S. markets as well based on the Chicago Board of Trade. So when they see a big liquidation market like this, then the natural human response is the next time there is a rally is to go ahead and to sell it. And so that makes rallies more difficult to sustain going forward. And basically what we're seeing is an environment now where the market is convinced that, A, we're going into recession and demand for commodities is going to be low. <clears throat> that, B, ending stocks for the current marketing year are probably going to ramp up a little bit higher. And so we don't need, need to be doing as much rationing and demand because we're seeing such poor export performance for both corn and soybeans right now. Um, and, C, new crop really looks good. We're getting the new crop planted of corn and soybeans, all except for really North Dakota. That's our primary problem. And you'd have to throw across the east side of the Northern Red River Valley as well. So Northwestern Minnesota, North Dakota, those are the primary problem areas. And we may end up having one to two million acres of prevent plant in that area. Um, But the rest of the nation, the rest of the Midwest, we're planting quickly. And when we plant quickly, We tend to increase area planted. And so things are going in quick. We're in El Nino now. Officially, that started this week. It is strengthening rapidly. Models say we'll be in a strong El Nino by the end of the summer. And that tends to, it's not a guarantee, but it tends to give us a good growing season. And so the funds are assuming old crop stocks are gonna get bigger and new crop stocks are gonna get a lot bigger. And so therefore they're rapidly taking any risk premium out of the market. And so as they push lower, we break the low chart support levels. And when we break the low chart support levels, the algo computers that trade those signals and that trade momentum are piling on sell orders, amplifying the move and pressuring the market down at a faster pace. If there was anything impressive today, it was how well Kansas City wheat held on for a while, but even that got pulled down in the negative territory, double-digit losses at the end of the trading day, uh, even even with the bad reports from the wheat crop tour that we're seeing right now.
0: All right, let's talk about that because social media has been flooded with photos. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, it's good to see what these guys are seeing out there firsthand.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing that really tells a story, and we knew the second day would probably see the worst wheat, but the first day saw some pretty bad wheat. Um, but, uh, there was a post on Twitter here came, uh, over the last hour or so, uh, that said it had been a while since they had seen a wheat field there in southwest Kansas, been a while since they had seen a wheat field that wasn't irrigated that had not been sprayed with Roundup and that they were seeing a lot of spray rigs out. Um, um, basically round upping wheat fields in other words abandonment is going up out there if it's not irrigated it's probably not going to survive it's probably not going to be harvested abandonment is going to be high And as I've looked over the results of the past two days now, tours they've gone through across the northern Kansas, uh, down across western Kansas, now starting to come back east once again. I'm convinced that abandonment is going to be higher than what USDA currently has it. We're going to see this production estimate come down. And this wheat is so thin that where it did rain, they're going to have a lot of weeds. And the farmers are going to say, is this wheat going to be worth spending the money on weed treatment now at this point and if not if I have moisture I'm going to have trouble with weeds if I keep it probably better off spraying it down burning it down and coming in with a row crop and so I think that's going to actually increase the amount of abandonment we see and further cut the size of the crop.
0: Well, definitely, we'll talk more about that as those numbers continue to come in over the next week. Stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we will continue with the second half here of the Fontenelle final bell. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the Ukraine Grain Initiative. We know the global influence we've seen on this marketplace, but then looking back uh, locally, the debt ceiling talks, how much is that affecting the trade as well? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear seed brands to launch the new enhanced Channel seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured, we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. K-R-B-N.
0: Welcome back to the Fontanelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Of course, Arlen is with StoneX. And, you know, continue to talk about these struggles on, on the grain side of it. And I think globally, the talk about Ukraine and this grain initiative is weighing in as well.
1: Yeah, it really is. That kind of added two things today. We've heard kind of both sides of it's going to happen, it's not going to happen, it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. The last day of the existing initiative is tomorrow. And so we're getting right down to the wire. And there were no talks scheduled for this week. And then all of a sudden this morning, um, Bloomberg reported um, that uh, Turkish officials are saying that it's going to happen. There's going to be an announcement today and it's going to be extended in another 60 days. And Russia said... We didn't say that. We haven't decided that. And so then it looked like it was off again. And, and then we got another word that uh, late in the morning that uh, Russia confirmed that they had agreed to another 60-day extension. And, and frankly, whether it extended or not, we anticipated that Ukraine was going to try to keep on moving grain. Now, there certainly be higher risks with that, so it would come down to uh, how much, the shippers are willing to pay for insurance coverage, um, but uh, we expected that it would try to keep moving. From a Russian standpoint, I don't think they really want this grain initiative at all. But they, they can't afford to pull out – and stop the thing but then have ukraine be successful in continuing to ship because that would show russia to be weak so they're kind of caught in this thing now where they almost have to approve it but they're going to try to do everything they can as they have been doing over the last 60 to 90 days at slowing things down slowing down the inspections of ships etc and so i anticipate we're probably going to see more of that continuing to come and uh, for now the initiative is going forward and that was another selling point for the market today. Ironically the war is intensifying in Ukraine but we have now taken everything but basically Kansas City wheat values down to prices lower than what they were prior to the start of the war.
0: Looking at the debt ceiling I mean this talk continues I mean, you can't turn on the radio turn on the TV without hearing in-depth discussions. Do you see it having an effect on agriculture?
1: I, I certainly do. First of all, it creates added uncertainty. Second of all, it creates some greater risk and greater risk for fund managers to hold positions in these so-called riskier asset classes. Um, there was some optimism that did emerge today that there will be an agreement. Uh, the two sides have been very far apart, the two sides being the White House and the Republican controlled House of Representatives. Um And uh, for a while, there were no negotiations. At least they're talking now. Both sides are saying that default is not an acceptable solution. And the word coming out of today's talks at the White House is that both sides are making concessions. So it does sound like there's even a chance a chance that we could have a decision an agreement by sunday i'm not going to hold my breath because in these types of negotiations both sides know that they have the greatest leverage coming down in the final hours before a deadline um but it would certainly be good to put this behind us the primary questions at hand are how much to raise the debt ceiling meaning how long is it going to carry us because we're going to continue to build up debt with with spending the way it's happening and the second thing would be at what will they have to give up in the way in order to get a raised debt ceiling what will we get in the way of spending restraint going forward or some would call it cuts Usually it means reductions in increases in spending, what type of those restraints will be involved in this. So that's what it's going to boil down to. And that has significant implications on agriculture long term because right now we're at a point where the interest payments on our national debt are currently around $569 billion per year. And on the path that we're currently on, if we stay on that path four years from today, it will be $1.7 trillion more than we spend on Social Security, um, roughly what we spend on Medicare, certainly much more than what we spend on national defense. So with that type of interest obligation, we would have to see a significant increase in interest rates, um significant which would affect agriculture significant increase in uh, printing money in order to buy debt certificates which is inflationary devalues the dollar uh, and uh, significant increase in taxes so those are all risks to agriculture going forward
0: deep discussion this uh final bell what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you arlen
1: StoneX.com or over on Twitter, ArlenFF101.
0: And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.